Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by one of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voisin. A paralegal for more than 20 years, Vicki is dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, the Paralegal Mentor and host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm a NALA Advanced Certified Paralegal, and I publish a weekly e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies. I'm also the co-author of The Professional Paralegal, A Guide to Finding a Job and Career Success. And you'll find more information at paralegalmentor.com. My guest today is career transformation coach and certified professional resume writer, Lori Howard. Welcome, Lori. Hi, Vicki. Thank you for having me today. Well, I'm delighted. I should tell our listeners that Lori and I met about a year ago at a marketing seminar and have kind of kept in touch since then. At least I know I follow all that you put up on the internet, Lori, and I'm, I'm impressed with what you've done in this past year. Oh, thank you so much. Before we begin, our sponsor needs to be recognized and should be. We so much appreciate NALA, a professional association for paralegals, providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA is a force in the promotion and advancement of the paralegal profession and has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since the beginning. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday job. Guests are usually included to help explore timely topics, so that's why I've invited Lori Howard of Unearth Your Worth to be my guest today to discuss resume tips and other information for job seekers. As I said before, Lori is a career transformation coach and a certified professional resume writer. Whether you're looking for your next job or updating your resume or working on interviews that get true job offers, Lori has the answers for you. So Lori, tell our listeners a bit about your background and why you transitioned your career into one that focuses on helping others with their career. Well, Vicki, prior to starting my own business in 2007, I worked for over 15 years, truly I just stopped counting at 15, in a variety of corporate environments. And I worked in IT, financial services, and publishing, just to name a few. And I also did a lot of hiring throughout my previous career, which I left after serving as vice president at an investment research firm. And in that time, I learned key strategies to manage my own career in challenging economic times during the birth of downsizing and right-sizing through mergers and acquisitions. And I learned how to develop what I call career resilience and independence. And that's one of the things I help clients create for themselves today. And we're going to be talking about some of those strategies, I think, today. Then in 2006, I went through this period of severe career burnout where I felt just exhausted all the time and really stuck in a career that just didn't suit me anymore. And because I wasn't able to find the help I needed, I left that career behind completely so I could figure out what it is I would really love to do and how I could get paid to do that. And then as a result of my own struggles and the things I learned, I started my own business to support people who are struggling with job and career transition. And the truth is, I had been doing that for years on the side with other people that I knew. 
And in 2007, I launched what became unearthyourworth.com, and now I consider myself on a mission to help people be happy at work. I help professionals across the U.S. and around the world avoid career burnout, create a career they love, and most importantly, get their next job. And a big part of that involves the resume. Now, Lori, first of all, you made me laugh when you said you stopped counting at 15 years. (laughs) I stopped counting at 20 because if I tell everybody (laughs) how long I've been doing paralegal work and so forth, it would make me a million years old. So that's not a good thing. One other thing that I wanted to add is that I've always been fortunate to like my paralegal work, but also when I transitioned into the paralegal mentor, it was a desire to do something where I could, again, help other people too. So I understand about, you know, the burnout and it's really tough when people aren't happy at their job. So anyway, I do hear almost every day from graduates of paralegal programs who are desperately trying to land their first paralegal job. And I also hear from paralegals who are looking for new jobs within the industry. They just want a different job. And this could be the result of downsizing or simply a desire to make a change. And they usually want really fast results, but that's not happening. So what would you say to them? Well, the first thing I often tell people, because I get the same question, oh, I've been looking for a job for a few weeks or a few months and nothing's happening yet. You know, what am I doing wrong? And the first thing I like to tell people is really just kind of do what one of my bosses used to call a level set. You really need to understand what the current job market is. And earlier this week, I was online doing some research and found out that today, or as of September 2013, the average amount of time it takes to find a new job. So if you're doing everything right, you're being persistent, you're doing everything you can, and you're doing a good job with your job search, it can take over nine months to find a job. And that's the average. So that means that it can take longer and that's still fine. Like that's just how long it takes. You know, maybe you'll get lucky and it won't take as long, but to get impatient early doesn't really help you. The other thing is that I like to tell people this is really in today's job market. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you really have to plan your job search according to like that understanding. Well, Lori, I do have another question for you as far as this taking a while to get a job. If it's taking someone, you know, over nine months, a year or so forth, do you suggest that they branch their search out so that they might be looking for something related, but not exactly the same job that they thought they were looking for? I think that is a very personal decision. You need to decide based on how quickly you need income, how much money you need, what your, you know, really, I I think for most people, it's what are your financial needs? What do you need to be doing in order to provide for yourself and for your family to kind of inform that decision about how you should be, you know, what kinds of things you should be looking for? Now, there are several components to the job search. And today, I'd like to focus on the importance of their resume. How can they demonstrate their true worth on their resumes? And, And what's the real objective of the resume? Well, I think most people at this point know that the resume really is a marketing tool. The objective of the resume, though, and something you need to keep in mind, it's not to get you a job. It's to get you into conversation. You want your resume to get you an interview or get you some kind of conversation with someone who can get you to an interview. But the resume isn't going to get you the job. It's really the other thing about the resume is that it represents you when you're not there. So you really need to be paying attention to 
What story does your resume tell about you? And what impression does it create about you? Because it's the thing that speaks for you when you're not actually in the room to explain anything. And that's why it's so important. Exactly. I mean, it's absolutely so important. Well, what should the resume accomplish for the job seeker? Overall, what you want your resume to accomplish is you need it to communicate that you are capable and ready to do the job you're applying for. Okay. And we're going to talk about some ways they can do that, right? Yes, we are. Absolutely. Okay. Now, what are the biggest mistakes people make with those resumes? One of the biggest mistakes I see and one of the biggest, the first places that I end up looking when working on someone's resume is people don't target their resume for the job they're after. In today's market, you know, we were talking a few minutes ago about should you be broadening your search to different kinds of positions. You can broaden your search to different positions, but you need a resume targeted for the different positions you're targeting. You want to make sure that your resume is not just First of all, it's not just get me a job, and it's not just get me a job as a paralegal, but what kind of paralegal, and what kind of office do you want to work? And your resume needs to be focused on getting that work and representing your background and experience to get that job. Right, and you know when a paralegal applies for a job, they frequently know that it's going to be in the area of real estate or or estate planning. I mean, there's just a whole lot of areas they can go into. Exactly. But I always tell them, you know, they've got to tailor that resume so it shows that they can do the work in real estate, even if they may not have had a whole lot of exposure to it. A lot of the skills that they have acquired will transition into that area, you know, the courses they've had and so forth. Okay, how would the resume of a recent graduate differ from the resume of an experienced paralegal? Well, the big difference between a recent graduate and someone who's experienced is how you highlight your education. The first thing you want to look at is what is your strongest offering? If you just graduated and don't have any practical real-world experience or limited practical experience, you want to open with your education. So you want to make sure that that's displayed front and center. If you have eight years of experience, your education is not your strongest asset. So it goes on your resume, but it's not at the top. You really need to be looking at what are your strongest offerings and making sure that is prominently displayed. Okay. Now, you just mentioned eight years. Is that about as far back as you would want someone to go on their resume? Or, you know, you can't go back a million years to high school. So Yeah. One of the mistakes I see people who are more experienced make is we tend to list everything we've ever done. This is an entire documentation of my work history, and you don't want that. And the other thing is, if you go too far back, you trigger age discrimination pretty quickly. I typically go back 10 to 15 years, depending on what's in that 10 to 15 year range. Well, Lori, it's time to take a short break for a word from our sponsor, NALA, the Association of Legal Assistants and Paralegals. When we come back, we'll continue with our discussion about paralegal uh, resumes and new job seekers with Lori Howard of unearthyourworth.com. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have the certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. 
Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, and my guest today is Lori Howard, Certified Professional Resume Writer. Thanks for joining me, Lori. I am so glad to be here today, Vicki. This is fun. We have already talked about the real objective of the resume and the true job of the resume, and also some of the biggest mistakes that people make. But something I'm curious about is what are the first things people look at in a resume? They do say that a person reviews a resume and makes a decision about it in, say, 10 to 15 seconds, so that's not a whole lot of time to make an impression. So what do they look for in those 10 to 15 seconds? The first thing they look at is the top half of the first page of the resume. Resume writers often use the old newspaper phrase, above the fold, back when newspapers were printed. Mm -hmm. So you really want to look at what is the top half of the first page of my resume telling them about me. And it needs to communicate what kind of position you're looking for. It needs to highlight your strongest and most relevant qualifications for the position you're applying for. And ideally, start to indicate what your most recent position was, or if you've just graduated, it would indicate your education. So that you get their attention and make them want to learn about you in that top half of the first page. So how can people demonstrate more of their worth in their resume? One thing you want to do is you want to focus on your accomplishments. People are very, very tempted to just describe your day-to-day job responsibilities. I wrote correspondence. I supported an attorney. I drafted briefs. You know, uh, there there are all kinds of things that they could say that they had done. Exactly. So they talk about day-to-day responsibilities, but you need to also highlight contributions to the bottom line if you can. Anything that you've done that really contributed to the benefit of the organization you're working for or to the benefit of the clients that you've worked with. So you want to identify some concrete things that you've done. And that's one thing people tend to not do. They tend to say, they tend to look at a job description and just reiterate that in their resume. The other thing I always recommend people do is look for anything you can quantify. Anytime you have numbers on a resume, It does two things. One, it helps people read your resume faster, which is always a good thing because they're more likely to take in what you've done. And the other thing it does is it creates the impression that you understand the impact of what you do on the business. So you're not going to count everything, but I'll look at resumes and go, okay, how many attorneys did you support? How many client cases did you work on? Is there an average number per day per week? Is there a percentage you can use? Are there dollar values for things you can include? And just by asking those questions, you make your resume stronger. What if you've received a lot of special awards throughout your career? Mm-hmm. NALS offers the Award of Excellence. NALA has its Founders Award. Those are two of the highest awards that you can receive. Those should be on your resume, right? Absolutely. Unless they happened a long time ago and you've been working for a long time and don't have any recent awards. Okay. Then I might not list them because then it looks like your performance has deteriorated potentially. Well, or, you know, you got the top award. There's right. no... I was really great in 2000. Yeah. Well, maybe you wouldn't use the year. Yes, you could omit the year because you still want to get credit for the award because it does have industry-wide recognition and that's important. Okay. There are a million things that you can do on your resume to make it work, but I'm wondering if you have any other tips. What can people do to set their resumes apart? First thing I would do if you haven't kind of guessed by some of the things I've said, customize your resume for the job you're applying for. So you're probably going to create, I like to create what I call a master resume, which has everything in it I might want to include. Then for each position, 
you're going to look at it and edit it and make sure it's targeted for that position. Sometimes that just means you're going to reorder things. If you have a section at the top that's your career summary that indicates what kind of position you're applying for and your strongest qualifications, you might reorder those based on what the job description says. If you have a section that highlights key areas of expertise or key skills, you might reorder those, or you might just edit it based on what kind of company you're applying to and who you're applying for. And that's one of the biggest things people can do. Anything else? Another thing I recommend, and this isn't really resume, but I do recommend that you create a customized cover letter to go with your resume that also highlights here's specific experience I have and here's where I had it that sort of references things that they'll also find on your resume. There are a lot of differing opinions about how long your resume should be, and I always suggest one page if possible. What's your opinion about that? My take on that is if you've had one job or maybe three to five years of experience, you can probably get away with one page. If you have, say, eight to ten years of experience or more, it's going to take you two pages to communicate what you've actually done and what your accomplishments are. Unless the job description or the job ad specifically says, give this a one-page resume, because then that's the test. But for the most part, most places don't care if it's two pages. I've even talked to hiring managers recently who, even if you're a new graduate, they don't mind if you roll onto a second page, as long as you've got relevant information on there. And the other thing, what you said, the top half is the most important. So that part has to stand out, and then it can be two pages if you need it. Yeah, there are very rare cases where I go past two pages. You have to have a really, really good reason to need a resume that's more than two pages. When I was a hiring manager, I was the kind who would do the 10-second scam, and I would make my decision. I'd look at the top half of the first page, I'd flip to the end of the last page, scan the education and awards, and then maybe I'd look at something else, but I typically had made my decision by then. I worked with a manager who was the kind who read every detail before he made his decision. You need to write your resume for both of us so that I can make the right decision about you and someone like him who's going to read everything you've put in there and evaluate all of it so that he can make the right decision about you. You know, I often talk about the difference between a resume and a a CV or a curriculum vitae, which is what I use because I want to get all my articles and all that out there. And I'm usually doing it to get hired for speaking or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that's why I I say, you know, if you're going to go beyond two pages, your resume is for something else. So let's keep it down so that they don't lose interest. Exactly. They're not going to read all of it unless it's a CV and then you're applying for something else. When they're looking for a resume, they're not really wanting to take all that time. No, and when they get 150 or 100 resumes or whatever they're getting, they don't have time. So you need to stand out. Right. Okay, any other tips or do you want to move on and tell them about your other contact information and so forth? Yeah, I think I think we've covered a lot of tips already and a lot of information for people. Oh, I do have have one that I want to ask you about. Oh, sure. What do you suggest about and this is really a minor detail, but what about the paper that they use? They've got to use a good quality paper, right? Well, now here's an interesting thing. We now live in a world where most resumes are submitted electronically. I haven't printed a resume for clients on good quality paper in a very long time. The thing you run into, and this is where doing your company research and your research on the people you're meeting with can be really helpful. 
Because you never know who might be more environmentally conscious and get really annoyed that you spent all that money on that kind of paper and you're wasting it. So you need to know who you're interviewing with. But Lori, I think that the biggest tip here is to submit your resume the way they ask you to. Exactly. So if they're asking for a paper submission, I'd get good quality paper. If they're asking for it to be submitted electronically, follow their instructions. Because, you know, if you don't follow their instructions, they really aren't going to hire you. Well, Lori, tell our listeners how they can access more information about you and about unearthyourworth.com. You know, how can they get in touch with you? Well, the best way is to go visit my website, which is unearthyourworth.com, which is all spelled out. The other thing you can do is if you have specific questions that didn't get answered or that came up for you when you're listening to this call today, you can send me an email and I will be happy to answer them. And that you just send to Lori, which is L-O-R-I, at unearthyourworth.com. And I understand that you also have a special offer for listeners, so tell them about that. I do. I really wanted to offer people some additional support for anyone who's actively looking for work and looking for some tips on how to get better results. So what I'm offering to anyone who's listening to this call today is a copy of Job Seeker Success Secrets, which is an audio recording and a PDF file which contains tips and secrets to help the job seeker land the job they want. So to get that, all you have to do is go to a special page I've created for your listeners, which is unearthyourworth.com forward slash paralegal. Just singular, right? Yes. Paralegal. And I'll be sure to include that in my show notes for the listeners also. And I put that up at my blog. I'll let you know when that's up. Oh, fantastic. Lori, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great talking with you again. And I know that paralegals will really get a lot of value from your resume tips. They're going to be very helpful. So I urge all of you to go to Lori's website, unearthyourworth.com, for other tips for job seekers. And be sure you get that special report, too. So, Lori, we're going to take another break now. I don't want my listeners to go away. When I come back, I'm going to have some special tips for them. Meanwhile, Lori, thanks again for joining me, and I will be in touch. I appreciate your help. Thank you, Vicki. It has been a pleasure to be here and talk with you today. And as I mentioned before, I'm on a mission to help people be happy at work, so I'm hoping today's tips are really helping people find that for themselves. I know they will. Well, goodbye now, Lori, and uh, until the next time. Bye-bye. Bye now. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. This is the point in the show where I share news and practice tips with you. Now, I have just a couple of pieces of news. First of all, I was at the NALS convention last week in Atlanta, and I was there not to get some good CLE and also to participate in their national forum. During that forum, the panel discussed the changing roles of legal secretaries and paralegals. And also, Reba Peden, PP, PLS, uh, received the NALS Award of Excellence, so congratulations to Reba. Then last Wednesday was Texas Paralegal Day, and since they do things really big in Texas, there was a lot of celebrating going on, and I think that's wonderful when employers recognize a special day like that. And now for my practice tip today, I want to talk just a little bit more about your resume, which is what we've been focusing on. Lori mentioned your cover letter. 
it's my recommendation that your cover letter have just four paragraphs, four very brief paragraphs. Uh, Long letters with cute openings usually aren't a big hit. The font you use is also important, and because the legal profession works mostly in Times New Roman, legal professionals really do read Times New Roman fastest. I know that I don't like to see legal documents in other fonts, such as Verdana or Arial Black. So use Times New Roman for the contents. If you want to use something else, you can use Verdana or Arial Black for your headings. And there are more tips that are available for you at a course that I did with Charles C. Smith, PhD, and that is the blueprint for your job search in the digital age. And you can get that in the resources section at paralegalmentor.com. Now, Charles C. and I also co-authored The Professional Paralegal, A Guide to Finding a Job and Career Success that has a lot more tips for resume writing and interviewing. That's available at amazon.com. Now, that's all I have today for the Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, email them to Vicki, V-I-C-K-I, at paralegalmentor.com. And also, don't forget to check out my blog, paralegalmentorblog.com, and the resources available at paralegalmentor.com. All of these have been designed to help you move your career in the right direction, and that's forward. This is Vicki Voison thanking you for listening to the Paralegal Voice and reminding you to make your Paralegal Voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Vicki Voisin for her next podcast on issues and trends affecting paralegals and legal assistants. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.